Welcome to Puritan's Read, where we read aloud great Puritan works, authors, and biographies. Today, episode 9 of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead. Objection! But is it not commonly taught that desires of grace are grace? Nay, does not our Lord Christ make it so? Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Answer. It is true that there are some desires of grace, which are grace as. Number one, when a man desires grace from a right sense of his natural state, when he sees the vileness of sin and the woeful, defiled, and loathsome condition he is in by reason of sin, and therefore desires the grace of Christ to renew and change him. This is grace. This some make to be the lowest degree of saving faith. Number two, when a man joins proportionable endeavors to his desires, not only wishes for grace, but works for grace. Such desires are grace. Number three, when a man's desires are constant and incessant, that cease not but in the attainment of their object, such desires are true grace. They are a part of the special work of the Spirit. They really partake of the nature of grace. Now it is a known maxim that which partakes of the nature of the whole is a part of the whole. The fillings of gold are gold. The sea is not more really water than the least drop. The flame is not really more fire than the least spark. But though all true desires of grace are grace, Yet, all desire of grace are not true. For, number one, a man may desire grace not for itself, but for something else. Not for grace's sake, but for heaven's sake. He does not desire grace that his nature may be changed, his heart renewed, the image of God stamped upon him, and his Lusts subdued in him. These are blessed desires found only in true believers. The true Christian only can desire grace for grace's sake, but the almost Christian may desire grace for heaven's sake. Number two, a man may desire grace without proportionable endeavors after grace. Many are good at wishing, but bad at working. Like him that lay in the grass on a summer's day, crying out, Oh, that this was what it was to work. Solomon said, The desire of the slothful kills him. How so? For his hands refuse to labor. He perishes in his desires. The believer joins desires and endeavors together. One thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek after.
Number three, a man's desires of grace may be unseasonable. Thus, the foolish virgins desired oil when it was too late. The believer's desires are seasonable. He desires grace in the season of grace and seeks in a time when it may be found. The wise man's heart knows both time and judgment. He knows his season and has wisdom to improve it. The silly sinner does all his works out of season. He sends away the seasons of grace and then desires grace when the season is over. The sinner does all too late. Esau desired the blessing when it was too late, and therefore he lost it, whereas had he come sooner, he would have obtained it. Most men are like Epimetheus, wise too late. They come when the market is done, when the shop is closed, then they have their oil to get. When they lie upon their deathbeds, then they desire holy hearts. Number four, desires of grace in many are very inconstant and fleeting, like the morning dew that quickly passes away, or like Jonah's gourd that springs up in a night. They do not have root in the heart and therefore quickly perish. Now, if a man may desire grace, but not for grace's sake. If desires may be without endeavors, if a man may desire grace when it is too late, if these desires may be merely fleeting and inconstant, then may a man desire grace and yet be but almost a Christian. A man may tremble at the word of God and yet be but almost a Christian, as Belshazzar did at the handwriting upon the wall. Objection. But is it not that a note of sincerity and truth of grace to tremble at the word? Does not God say, to him will I look that is of a poor and contrite spirit and trembles at my word? Answer, there is a twofold trembling. Number one, one is when the word reveals the guilt of sin and the wrath of God that belongs to that guilt. This, where conscience is awake, causes trembling and amazement. Thus, when Paul preached of righteousness and judgment, it is said that Felix trembled. Number two, there is a trembling which arises from a holy dread and reverence of the majesty of God speaking in his word. This is only found in true believers and is that which keeps the soul low in its own eyes. Therefore, mark how the words run. To him will I look that is of a poor and contrite spirit, and trembles at my word. 
God does not make the promise to him that trembles at the word, for the devils believe and tremble. The word of God can make the proudest, stoutest sinner in the world to shake and tremble, but it is to the poor and contrite spirit that trembles. Where trembling is the fruit of a spirit broken for sin and low in its own eyes, there will God look. Now, many tremble at the word, but not from poverty of spirit, not from a heart broken for sin and low in its own eyes, not from a sense of the majesty and holiness of God. And therefore, notwithstanding, they tremble at the word. They are but almost Christians. A man may delight in the word and ordinances of God, and yet be but almost a Christian. They take delight in approaching God. And it is said of that ground that it received the word with joy, and yet it was but stony ground. Objection. But is it not made a character of a godly man to delight in the word of God? Does not David say, he is a blessed man that delights in the law of the Lord? Answer. There is a delighting in the word which flows from grace and is a proof of blessedness. Number one, he that delights in the word because of its spirituality is a Christian indeed. The more spiritual the ordinances are, the more a gracious heart delights in them. Number two, when the word comes close to the conscience, rips up the heart and reveals sin, and yet the soul delights in it, notwithstanding this is a sign of grace. Number three, when delight arises from that communion that is to be had with God there, that is from a principle of grace in the soul. But there may be a delight in the word where there is no grace. Number one, there are many who delight in the word because of the eloquence of the preacher they delight not so much in the truths delivered as in the dress in which they are delivered. Thus it is said of the prophet Ezekiel that he was to them as a very lovely song of one that hath a pleasant voice. Number two, there are many who delight to hear the word, who yet take no delight to do it. So God said of them, they delight to hear my words, but they do them not. Now then, if a man may delight in the word more because of the eloquence of the preacher than because of the spirituality of the matter, if he may delight to hear the word and yet not delight to do it, then he may delight in the word and yet be but almost a Christian. This concludes episode 
9 of The Almost Christian Discovered by Matthew Mead.